1: Before we begin, a quick warning. This podcast contains descriptions of alleged sexual assault. It reads like a roll call of the rich and famous.
0: There are some really big names being revealed. We're getting a little more insight into their connection to the late billionaire and convicted sex offender named Jeffrey
2: Epstein. The front of all the papers this morning is Andrew in sex tape shock, along with Clinton and various others.
0: Along with Prince Andrew's was another prince who is still unnamed.
2: The hearings to Richard Branson, Donald Trump, magician
1: David Copperfield, even the mention of Michael Jackson. A lot of what has come out in these court documents has been rumored for a long time, but we're now seeing it in black and white. The names appeared in a trove of legal documents relating to the paedophile financier Jeffrey Epstein, which have now been made public. So what have we learnt from these court papers? What are the allegations, which we should say everyone we could get hold of, has vehemently denied? And will anyone go to jail? You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, presidents, princes and sex tapes. What's in the Epstein documents?
2: I'm Will Pavia. I'm the New York correspondent for The Times and I'm in Manhattan.
1: Well, we've spoken about the Jeffrey Epstein story a number of times. Just give us a sense, how long have you been covering this story now?
2: Oh gosh, <laughs> I think about... <laughs> that long? <laughs> yes, I think maybe, I suppose about 12, 13 years. It sort of first kind of exploded in 2011. But it was one of those stories that gradually sort of unveiled itself.
1: Yeah, and it's it's not over. We've had a new trickle of a trove of court documents relating to Jeffrey Epstein. Before we begin on those, just remind us of the three key players in, in this court case.
2: So this is a court case that uh, Virginia Dufresne brought against Ghislaine Maxwell in 2015. Now, Virginia Dufresne alleged that she had been trafficked by Jeffrey Epstein, the financier and, and convicted pedophile, to a series of prominent men, including Prince Andrew. And she said that Jelaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein's sort of sometime girlfriend, had assisted in that process. And when Maxwell denied this, Virginia Giuffre sued for defamation. And as part of that process, the lawyers on each side started demanding documents and, and discovery and deposing witnesses, essentially investigating whether or not Giuffre was lying or whether she was telling the truth. And it produced this huge volume of material, thousands and thousands of documents and then it was sealed because the case was settled out of court in 2017. And then there was a, an application by the Miami Herald and, and, and other organizations joined, joined it too to unseal those documents. And an appeals court eventually decided that they should be unsealed. And a judge called Loretta Preska has been unsealing these large tranches of, of documents from the case. So th- this is really just the latest of, of those.
1: And just give us a sense of, of how many documents have been released this month.
2: It's about 220, but overall it's it's thousands of pages of documents that have been released. And, and they're all related to about 153 people. Some of these people were sort of friends or associates of Epstein. Some of them were victims of Epstein or alleged victims. Uh, and then some of them were people otherwise involved in the case. So there's police officers, there's journalists, there's doctors who treated Giffray, so all sorts of other people. And for a long time, their identities had been shrouded. They'd been sort of blacked out in the documents. And Judge Presker in December decided that actually that was not necessary in most cases. There's a couple of cases that she's still deciding. Um, but she decided that most of these people hadn't presented a, a proper reason as to why their, their identity should be hidden, or they didn't mind if, if their identity was revealed. And she kept back about 10 where mostly they were cases where either the person was completely irrelevant to the case or they were at the time a minor victim and they'd shown no interest in having their identity published.
0: Right.
1: And give us a sense, because this was such a big event, you know, people had talked about it in the run-up to Christmas and then finally as these documents have been released, I mean, how, how are they released? How do you access them as a journalist? Where do they appear?
2: <laughs> yes. Uh, so they, there's a court system that's a rather sort of creaky grinding system called PACER, which is a sort of repository for all federal court dockets.
1: This is just online. Everybody's eagerly yes. hunched and over a their se- laptop waiting.
2: Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, so if a f- case is filed in federal court, you can find it on Pacer. Um, and so what Judge Loretta Preska said was that, you know, these should just be posted on the docket. Um, and so you just get this sudden, this, suddenly this thing appears and there are all these documents attached to it. Um, and you have to try and go through them as quickly as you can.
1: And there was so much global interest in it that I understand the website crashed.
2: It did. I think they first the first release was on the 3rd, on January the 3rd, and it was quite late at night. It was like 8-ish in the evening. And yes, the sites, one of the sites, Pacer, sort of started to grind to a halt and another site crashed. And Virginia Giffray posted something on Twitter that essentially said, you know, we broke the system <laughs> because... Uh, yeah, because there was such a lot of demand for these documents.
1: <laughs> and when you get them, when there is this huge data dump and you've got all these documents to trawl through, how do you go about it? I mean, how have
2: journalists and, and lawyers approached the task? Are you sort of searching for keywords? or You can. I mean, because I'm a dinosaur, I end up sort of downloading lots of them and then you can search through them. I remember the first document I opened was an email that, that Ghislaine Maxwell sent to her, PR and to her um, lawyer, and she'd be, been made aware that she was liable for defamation, for a defamation suit. And so she's sort of wrestling with that idea, and she's also wrestling with how she should talk about her relationship to Bill Clinton and what, what her relationship is to Prince Andrew. And it's just a fascinating sort of document. It's just an insight into, you know, someone's thought processes on a January day, you know, 13, 14 years ago now.
1: Yeah. And and for somebody who's covered the story for so long, amazing to get those insights now.
2: It is yes. I mean, uh, there've been these, these past document releases. So, uh, Maxwell, I remember when she went was was in the criminal case. I remember her sort of her lawyer saying, "Well, she hasn't spoken to Epstein in a decade." But you could see in these emails that they were communicating and and, and trying to work out how she should respond and, and what she should say. And Epstein was trying to help her, and at some point he drafts her a statement, sort of saying, "You know, you can say this, and this is slander, and I haven't spoken to him in how long." <laughs> sort of. He so suggests it, yeah. that. Yes, wow. yes. So it's, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> so, so. You should tell
1: them you haven't spoken to me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so bizarre to see that in black and yeah. white.
2: Yes, yes. So it's it's yes. They they are the email the emails in particular from her are very interesting just because of the thought processes that, that behind them.
1: And well, I guess at the moment these papers uh, appeared, everyone was immediately trying to find every reference of people like Prince Andrew. You know, we had a sense that we'd finally find out all the different mentions and w- what they might relate to. One of the names that people probably weren't looking for, but has turned out to be really significant, is Sarah Ransom. Just tell us who who is she, and tell us a bit about her.
2: She is the daughter of Lord Gordon McPherson, the second Baron of Drumactor and has 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 for for a while alleged that she she was a victim of of Jeffrey Epstein. Um she says that when she was in her early 20s, she moved to New York City hoping to make it in fashion and she was in a nightclub and um met this young woman who said that she knew of this kindly philanthropist called Jeffrey Epstein who helped people like her. And she alleges that she was then sort of fell into Epstein and Maxwell's world and that she was sort of taken to the Epstein's island and that she was repeatedly raped and sexually abused.
0: I was not the only girl on that island. There was a constant stream of girls being raped over and over and over again.
1: What does her testimony tell us? I mean, there are names that that pop up that we weren't, you know, sort of weren't really expecting.
2: She claimed that there were there were sex tapes featuring Prince Andrew, featuring Bill Clinton, and Sir Richard Branson. Um, she said that when my friend had sexual intercourse with Clinton, Prince Andrew, and Richard Branson, sex tapes were in fact filmed on each separate occasion by Jeffrey. Thank God she managed to get hold of some footage of the film's sex tapes, which clearly identify the faces of Clinton, Prince Andrew, and Branson having sexual intercourse with her. Um, frustratingly, Epstein was not seen in any of the footage, but he was clever like that. Now, these these were sort of claims that she made in emails to journalists. But in, in 2019, she told The New Yorker that she'd actually made up the videos as a sort of insurance policy. She was afraid of Epstein, and she thought that if she said she had these videos, this would be a way of, of warning him off. But then she, she went on TV and said that she actually yeah, she did have the videos. Um, Sarah Ransom has said that that she retracted the claims about the video because she was worried about her safety and those of her family. She said, there are videos that exist and the people that know they exist, I'm sure they're very frightened of them being released. It's no secret that everything was recorded. Multiple victims have come forward confirming my accounts along with others. Um, and she says that Ghislaine Maxwell, amongst others, would regularly enforce that if I ever did come forward, myself and my family would be harmed. So, you know, that's the, she says that's the reason that she that she retracted the claim and, and then and then made it again. The question of tapes has been one of those sort of repeated things because people saw cameras all over Epstein's house. There was one witness who claimed, you know, there was a room it's almost like a controller room, controlling all these cameras and so there was this idea that's been quite a persistent sort of theory about Epstein that he had all this dirt on all these powerful people and that was sort of partly explained his extraordinary wealth and, and, and why he was so influential.
1: And she's named some very high profile people there. How have they responded to these allegations?
2: Prince Andrew has always denied any wrongdoing. Um, Bill Clinton's spokesman gave a fairly thorough statement in in 2019 which he has just been referring people back to in which he essentially says bill clinton took four trips with jeffrey epstein in the early 2000s i think 2002 2003 and this was for the clinton foundation and each time according to the spokesman you know clinton was with his secret service detail um and they say he hasn't seen him since and he had no knowledge of, of any of epstein's crimes um and then Richard Branson's representative said this was false and also actually referred people to the statement that Sarah Ransom made in in 2019 saying that she'd she'd made it up. So, So they've all sort of quite staunchly denied it.
1: Coming up, why does Stephen Hawking, Michael Jackson and the magician David Copperfield all appear in these documents. We'll have more on all of that in just a moment. But before we do, just a quick reminder that if you're a Times subscriber, you can now access our bonus episodes, which are released every Saturday and take you inside the newsroom here at The Times. This week, I'll be taking you behind the scenes at Davos to try and hunt down all the gossip from the World Economic Forum while trying not to fall flat in the snow. What could possibly go wrong? Don't miss it. To find out how you can link your time subscription to Apple Podcasts, do log on to the times.co.uk forward slash bonus podcasts. And if you're not a time subscriber, just think of what you're missing.
0: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring.
1: So Will, you were telling us about Sarah Ransom, the daughter of a lord, whose testimony appears in these court papers. She says she was one of Jeffrey Epstein's victims and that he kept sex tapes of lots of these very prominent people abusing young victims like her. She also mentioned in her testimony the former president, Donald Trump. Tell us about that. How does he come up?
2: Well, she makes these quite lurid claims about him that she had a friend who would have sort of sexual relations with Trump. She talked about how, I don't know how graphic we want to be here, but she talked about how Donald Trump liked flicking and sucking her friend's nipples until they were raw. And she sort of says that Trump um, Trump would have sex with this lady at Jeffrey Epstein's New York mansion on regular occasions. Now, Trump, is known to have been a friend of Epstein, they fell out apparently over a sort of property thing years and years ago. But there are these famous sort of pictures and videos of Trump with Epstein. And there's a famous comment Trump made where he sort of said that Jeffrey Epstein was a great guy and he liked women. Some of them were very, on the very young side. It was something along those lines. I mean, Trump is really only glancingly named otherwise in, in these new documents. So this is really the only, I suppose, mention of Trump which it sort of alleges that he was in some way involved in the same behaviour as Epstein.
1: And he hasn't responded to this?
2: He's denied any wrongdoing.
1: And Will, what else have we learnt from these papers? Because there have been some very surprising names coming up. I mean, how does Stephen Hawking fit into all of this?
2: <laughs> so Stephen Hawking, in I think 2006, he went to a science conference in the Caribbean that Epstein was funding, and is part of this he, he he they visited the island epstein apparently paid for a submarine to be modified so that he could go underwater and uh, for the first time i remember at the time talking to a scientist who was at the conference who sort of said nothing untoward happened and epstein was a very generous donor but that's how stephen hawking ended up on the island it's a rather bizarre sort of piece of this and in the new documents that have been released uh, Epstein emails Maxwell in January when she, of 2015 when she'd be, been made aware that she was liable for a defamation suit from, from from Virginia Giuffre. And so she's sort of wrestling with that idea and trying to work out how she should respond and, and what she should say. Um, he says, you can issue a reward to any of Virginia's friends, acquaintances, family that come forward and help prove her allegations are false The strongest is the Clinton dinner. This is her claim that Bill Clinton came for dinner on the island. Um, And the new version in the Virgin Islands that Stephen Hawking participated in an underage orgy.
0: According to the records, Virginia Giuffre claims the late physicist had taken part in a quote, underage orgy. There are no further references to Hawking in the documents and no evidence that he took part in any illegal behavior.
2: It seems very unlikely that Stephen Hawking would have done anything of the sort. I mean he he was in a quite progressed state of motor neurone disease at the time, but in any case, that that's how his name comes up in the documents.
1: And well, there are a bunch of other big names that pop up too. I mean Michael Jackson uh, and David Copperfield, who is an American magician. He's not that famous in the United Kingdom, but you know I think Forbes described him as the most commercially successful magician in history, so this is Harry Houdini levels of fame. What do the documents say about them?
2: So, I mean, I before these documents all came out, Spencer Coven, who was a lawyer for several sort of Epstein victims, made the case that these people may have had no knowledge whatsoever of what Epstein was up to. Um, but the trouble is they provided a sort of legitimacy to him because they were lending their in premature, in a sense. Um, so yes, you have a few celebrities. Michael Michael Jackson apparently visited the house. Uh, so did the magician David Copperfield. Um, I mean, lots of people have talked in the past about young women seeing Prince Andrew and thinking, well, this is obviously a very powerful person. Um, in, in terms of David Copperfield, it's, it's, it's a little tricky because there was a deposition by a, a college student named Joanna Schoberg Um and she says that she was essentially recruited by Maxwell when she was at college. She was sitting on a bench about to go into a class and this, this strange British lady approached and said she was looking for to hire people to work in the house where, where she lived. And she said, but there's a far too stuffy and I want, you know, I'm just looking for college students. And so Schoberg eventually went to the house and took a job sort of answering the phone and was eventually persuaded to sort of give massages to Epstein, and and which became sexual. Um, So Schoberg was asked about David Copperfield, and she remembered him coming for dinner at Epstein's Palm Beach mansion. And she said she arrived, and there was this young girl hanging around the house who seemed as if she was a high school girl. And she says something like, um, I had to assume for my own sanity that she was the daughter of one of, presumably, Epstein's friends here. Anyway, David Copperfield arrives, and... They have dinner, and he did some magic tricks. And then she's asked by a lawyer, did you observe David Copperfield to be a friend of Jeffrey Epstein's? Yes. Did Copperfield ever discuss Jeffrey's involvement with young girls with you? And her answer was, he questioned me if I was aware that girls were getting paid to find other girls. Now, in the most recent sort of tranche of documents that came out, there's a deposition by Jeffrey Epstein in which a lawyer asks him about David Copperfield now Jeffrey Epstein took the fifth asserting his right against self-incrimination so every question he answers by saying fifth and so he's asked David Copperfield and you have been together in the presence of minor girls under the age of 18 fifth Epstein says have you ever provided girls under the age of 18 to David Copperfield for sexual purposes fifth and then Another question, based on everything I know in this case, it would seem logical that you provided girls under the age of 18 to David Copperfield for sexual purposes. Am I missing something if I reach that conclusion? Epstein says, fifth. So uh, these are sort of rather more direct allegations, I suppose, that Copperfield was in some way involved. He's, he's, he's in the past denied any involvement in, in Epstein's crimes. Um, I, I did approach a representative for him to try and get, a, get get something directly addressing those claims, and I haven't heard back yet.
1: And, well, Joanna Schoberg, who was talking about David Copperfield, she also talks about Prince Andrew. We, we've heard already about the, the idea that there might be sex tapes out there. What did she have to say about him?
2: Joanna Schoberg does partly corroborate Geoffrey's story. Prince Andrew has famously sort of said that he, he doesn't even remember meeting uh, Virginia Dufresne. I have no recollection of ever meeting this lady. None whatsoever.
1: You don't remember meeting her? No.
2: Whereas Schoberg claims that they flew to New York with Virginia Dufresne, and in New York City they meet Prince Andrew, according to Schoberg. Um, and she alleged that there was this now-famous incident where Schoberg and Dufresne and Prince Andrew sort of pose with a spitting image puppet of sp- Prince Andrew, in, in, in Epstein's house.
0: Schoberg stated in the deposition that the royal sat with both her and Jufri and took a picture with a puppet in his likeness that had its hand on Jufri's chest, while his other hand was placed on her chest.
2: So, you know, so we knew parts of this story, but you suddenly have the whole thing. And I, I do think that was, that was quite significant.
1: And so far, this isn't the, the full extent of the papers we might see, there are still, as you said earlier, some people who are unnamed. Just talk us through what we know about the people who aren't named yet and whether we've got any more big revelations coming up.
2: So there's two people. One is apparently a, a woman who lives in a foreign country and she says that it's a very conservative country and that if she is named, that you know she, she might suffer reprisal. So the judge set a hearing uh, later this month where her lawyer could prevent, present evidence of, of this. Um, the other person we know less about, but has also objected. And so the judge has essentially said, you know, we'll look at both these cases and, 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 and make a decision.
1: And there have been rumours that one of the people who hasn't been named yet might even be uh, royalty, but European royalty. Do, do we know anything about that?
2: So Virginia Jeffrey, in her deposition is asked about claims that she was trafficked to presidents and she says she's not sure what they're talking about and then she says she was trafficked to another prince and she doesn't know who this prince is. she knew he was royalty. She said that she was introduced to him as a prince and she says that this person spoke English but spoke with an accent and that she met this person in the south of France in the company of Epstein and Maxwell and other people and that she was essentially ordered to, to, to have sex with this person. And so when they sort of asked her if there were any other witnesses, she said, well, there were people in the room who saw me meeting this person, and then I was sent away to sleep with this person, and you know, so they saw me before and afterwards. Um, but she doesn't know any of their names.
1: Jeffrey Epstein obviously is dead. Ghislaine Maxwell, as you say, is in prison. Mm-hmm. I mean, have we heard from her since these papers have come out? And what is her current status?
2: We heard from her lawyer as these documents were were coming out. And he made the point that lots of men were involved in, in Epstein's abuses, but only one person has been sent to jail for them, and that's a woman. Mm. So uh, she is appealing against her conviction. Uh, she's currently serving 20 years in a prison in Florida.
1: And... Well, I think a lot of people listening will have a lot of sympathy for that sentiment that you know there are an awful lot of very powerful men being named here, but only the only person behind bars is, is a woman. Is there any plausible way in which anybody else might still be held, held to account for, for what happened?
2: When Epstein died, his estate set up a fund for victims of Epstein, and they could apply to this fund for compensation. I'm pretty sure there was something in that where they had to say that they weren't going to take further action against the estate. And so a lot of people, I mean, I think that eventually about 120 victims of Epstein were were, were compensated through that. There's also been all these sort of civil cases. One of the interesting sort of cases that was brought uh, more recently has been sort of arguing that banks that did business with Epstein were in some way facilitating his sex trafficking by providing banking services to him and because he made all these payments in cash. And so there was lawsuits filed against JP Morgan. Um, the, the JP Morgan case was settled. but so there have been these repercussions that have you know that, that, that have come up. Occasionally lawyers will raise a prospect well, you know if you if you were if you were a beneficiary of the, tra- the trafficking, then perhaps you could be prosecuted too so perhaps they could go after all these various people named by Virginia Giffray who says that she was, you know, trafficked to them. Um, I think that might have already happened if, if, if it was going to happen. I mean, it doesn't look as if there's going to be any other prosecutions at the moment.
1: You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Manveen Rana, and my guest, the Times New York correspondent, Will Pavia. You can find all of Will's work and his coverage of the Epstein story at thetimes.co.uk with a subscription. The producer today was Olivia Case. The executive producer was Kate Ford. And sound design was by Mal Lissetto. Do let us know what you think of the podcast. You can leave us a review, especially if it's a nice one. Or drop us a line to stories of our times at thetimes.co.uk. We love hearing from you. Thanks so much for listening. See you tomorrow.